Hey, that's right. Welcome back uh, to this is another episode of The Peach Pit, everybody's favorite fan podcast about the number one podcast about bad movies. That's right, The Flophouse Podcast. So welcome to The Peach Pit. I'm your host, Stuart Wellington. And joining me, I have two really great guests today. Again, I have the two original peaches. I have uh, part Dan, part cop, part machine, all podcaster, Dan McCoy. Hey, Dan, thanks for joining us. He's only part hey. Dan. <laughs> I feel like, uh, you know, you've had us back enough times that there's diminishing returns uh, as our, as uh, the specialness of us being guests on this wholly different show from the Flophouse that exists entirely separate <laughs> from our feed. I don't follow, but we have another guest. It's not just you today, Dan. We have another guest today, and it is the man whose love of, be- of movies is so old that he even dreams in black and white. That's right, Elliot Kalin. Elliot, thanks for joining us. Stuart, thank you so much for having us again on the Peach Pit. I've got to say, I've got really exciting news I want to share with everybody, specifically for this episode of the Peach Pit. Dan, I know you want to say something. I can see it in your eyes, but I'm going to take a moment and keep you <laughs> hanging on the precipice of almost saying a word, much like the mm. kid in uh, in the Phantom Toll Booth in that one scene. Anyway, I'll just write it down. There's that. Okay. Wait, there's an edging sequence in the Phantom Toll Booth? <laughs> no, not exactly. Anyway, I've got exciting news. Dan, Stu, do you know what time of year it is? No. Uh, it's Max Fun Drive time. Oh. It's Max Fun Drive time. Technically, Max Fun Drive starts on Monday, May 20th. This episode drops two days before, but you're probably not going to listen to it the day of. Max Fun Drive starts on Monday, May 20th. Lasts until Friday, May 31st. I was just so excited about it. I had to start talking about it with this episode also because of our release schedule. Max Fun Drive is the time of the year when we, the Flophouse Podcast, and all the podcasts on the Max Fun Network come to you, the listener, hat in hand, and say, Thank you, my most beautiful beloved, for being such a wonderful, generous, and supportive audience. Can you please keep us going with regular infusions of cash? If you're a longtime listener, you know how Max Fund Drive works. You go to MaximumFund.org slash join. You choose how much money you'd like to pay per month to keep the Flophouse alive. And then it happens. The money goes to us, and the Flophouse keeps going. If you haven't done it before, please go do it right now. Right now, while you're listening to this. Don't wait around. Go to MaximumFun.org slash join right now, because let me tell you, the entertainment market is dire right now, and Dan and I really need it. Stuart, not so much. He's a small business owner, backbone of the American economy. But Dan and I, whoo, golly, the wolf is at the old door there. I'm just kidding, mostly. Anyway, later in the show, I'll tell you more about the kinds of cool stuff you get from going to MaximumFun.org slash join and pledging your monthly support for Maximum Fun at MaximumFun.org slash join. You get bonus audio content, gift packages, Most of all, a warm, fuzzy feeling from knowing that in today's world of corporate-owned, cookie-cutter content, you've made it possible for us to continue putting out this unique, artist-owned, bonkers, nonsense bullshit. So go now to MaximumFun.org slash join and make a monthly pledge for as little as $5 a month. That's very little money in the grand scheme of things. You will be so happy that you did. So, Stuart, thank you for having us on the Peach Bit so I could talk about that, and I'll continue that message later in the show. Yeah, thanks, Elliot. Thanks for bringing it up, and thanks and for I, mentioning the word bullshit because we got a lot of it coming up. Well, uh, Dan, we you got go, something you want to say? Well, I, I wrote down what I wanted to say, which was, and I'll show you that I wrote it down. Uh, when you were introducing Elliot, you said that his love of movies is so old, <laughs> suggesting <laughs> that the the love is the old thing, which I, I would, I mean, I would say that the love probably doesn't predate Elliot, who is I mean, the love of the mo- love of movies. I'm 41 years old, so that my love of movies is at least is middle what, 36 age, years old. I would say, yeah, your love of movies is approaching middle age, whereas yeah. you do love old movies. I'm just, yes. you know, that's, yes, that's, I also we, do love. Old I don't movies. want the FCC to come after us 
uh, Stuart, for the lies that we've been telling. Dan, that's one of the great yeah, yeah. things no, about of course. one of the great things about being on the Maximum Fun Network. We don't. The FCC can't do shit about what we do. We're not oh. on the public airwaves. Well, then wow. fuck it, guys. <laughs> FCC must stand for fucking takes cu- off shirts. fucking cuck corporation takes off pants. because they're a bunch of cucks to us. <laughs> uh, uh, cool. So, the- so anyway, I apologize that this is the this is the heart the meanest I've ever been and the worst I've ever been on a Max yeah. Fun Drive episode. And that's the thing. Even though you're a villain, I assume uh, that I'm supposed to sympathize with you. Yeah, uh, because I, I you're exist presented in a piece of media. fiction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you have no choice but to assume that the author agrees with everything I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Dan, thanks for calling out uh, a uh, mis- uh, misspeaking on my part. That's great. <laughs> so, uh, And that's very fitting with this podcast. <laughs> So, uh, no, normally the peach bit, we take an this, episode. This is when Dan the- goes, who, goes, who's the Dan now, dog? Because usually yeah. Dan is the one who's misspeaking the, the pro- to me. The problem is, I'm the dog now, Dan. <laughs> when, when, wait, wait, who's Dan's dog now? <laughs> Stuart is. When Stuart reminds me, when Stuart throws it back in my face, I feel bad about it. <laughs> <Whereas> <laughs> it doesn't uh, seem to work. My Polish grandmother <laughs> taught me well. <laughs> yeah. So... Now, normally here on the Peach Pit, we take an episode of the Flophouse podcast and go moment by moment and blow by blow and talk about our favorite bits. But this is a very special episode. As yeah. Elliot has mentioned, it's during the Max Fun Drive. So this episode of the Peach Pit is not just the Peach Pit. This is the Peach Pit Requiem, the rise of the Peach Pit. Okay? Wow. It's a very special episode. <laughs> and because I have my two favorite podcasters with me, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions sent in by listeners of the Peach Pit to really uh, to pick your brains and really get a picture of who these two peaches are and three peaches because I'm a peach too. <laughs> Keep track. Okay. So, wow. That was a, that was a shocking twist. <laughs> Stuart is not just the host of the Peach Bit, but also one of the hosts of the Flophouse, the podcast that the Peach Bit is about. It's, the Peach Bit is complicated, okay? It's, it's like uh, as if instead of Chris Hardwick hosting The Talking Dead, he hosted Talk Midnight, a show that follows At Midnight and talks about what happened in that episode of At Midnight. I mean, he mm-hmm. might do this because aren't they bringing At Midnight back with, I'm assuming, Very a different Very much host? not with him. Very much yeah, not with him. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would presume that after <laughs> it everything. Would be, that, it would be weird. It would be a weird <laughs> choice. It would be an odd choice, but, you know, people would talk, and I guess any publicity is good publicity, right, guys? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what no, they that say. No, that was ironic. Again, I well, was that, doing a bit. Well, it would also be weird because... <laughs> If uh, who's who's is Comedy Central putting it on this time? Because they normally don't no, ever make it. No, any... it's on CBS. Oh, weird. Because normally I was going to say it wouldn't yeah. make sense for Comedy Central to make a mistake because they only make good choices when it comes to their entertainment, <laughs> That's right? Right. <laughs> only good choices. <laughs> yeah, That's what a, a classic Stuart Stinker moment. <laughs> but I like Stuart's always. Uh, this Flophouse podcast is always. I know this is a peach bit, but the Flophouse podcast Thank is always you. experimenting with new ways to wreck Dan and my careers ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> by alienating powerful buyers. I, I didn't yeah. do anything. I'm just a stinker. Uh, okay. <laughs> hands off. Oh, hands off for the stinker. Absolved by the the stinker. Uh, <laughs> uh, Your Honor, loophole. I'd like to I'd like to submit a writ of he's a stinker. <laughs> yeah. It's sustained. Ooh. All the cases dropped. <laughs> vacated. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm exonerated on grounds of being a stinker. So uh, you guys just mentioned, as you guys just moaned and complained for moments, uh, you guys are both out of work. So what I would like, what I, what I, and what our listeners want to know is, what's a day in the life of a podcaster like you, Dan? What do you do on a regular work day, on a podcaster day? 
Um, I mean, I would love to talk about this because my greatest fear when I'm asking for money is that people are going to be like, he's a podcaster. What the, he's, <laughs> what, why, why am I, <laughs> and don't think about it too hard. Just go to maximumfun.org slash join. No, I put a lot of work into the podcast as do we all, um, I, a lot of what I do during the day actually is right now is on my own projects. I'm trying to get a, a book off the ground. I oh. have a book what, proposal using like a ladder out there. or just hurling it into the air or how do you get a <laughs> yeah. book off the ground? <laughs> how does anyone do it, guys? I've been <laughs> like, to the library. I'm like, oh, this is all great for you know the one percent who can afford <laughs> someone like a book tote <laughs> to like take their books home. But how but, am I to do it? A mere your man. Floor is, your floor is covered with books, and the only way you know how to move them is to just nudge them with I your foot or kick, kick them, them around. Along. Yeah. Mm, that's that's a classic twenties Stuart style apartment layout: is stacks of books on ground. Uh, so there's that. I mean, I sometimes do some freelance uh, stuff. I I don't know. I don't. I like. I a lot of my time is uh, with weirds like stuff that relates to just the runnings of the show, but I was not prepared to answer this question, so it's all going blank right now. I love Dan's inability to answer questions okay, posed well, to him on the spot. Elliot, the why don't you uh why don't you pick it up? What's you I feel like you have a probably a little more complicated life than Stuart or Dan. Well that's that's you're exactly right because I have two small human beings that rely on me and my wife for their entire livelihood and I assume all, it seems all their entertainment and all the stimulation they need throughout the day and so my day usually <laughs> begins uh, probably around uh, four four thirty or five am when my youngest child walks into the room and announces that he's having trouble sleeping and he wants to sleep on the mattress that's in our room on the floor because he comes in and sleeps on it all the time and uh, we also say, okay, another feature of a classic steward uh, Stuart Wellington 20's apartment is mattress on floor. <laughs> you were really, it was a very floor-based apartment for you. You were very floor-centric. I remember in high school, I had a friend who was a few years older than me who graduated from high school before me, and he lived in an apartment where in his bedroom, it was a mattress on the floor and then like just piled up magazines and role-playing books, and the magazines were either like like cheap pornography or <laughs> reptiles magazines. And at the time I was like, this is, this is living. <laughs> this is the, this this is is the, the coolest person I've ever met. <laughs> uh, so, the, so the small child, uh, sometimes he'll just walk into the room in the middle of the night and announce that he has to go to the bathroom and then mm. go to the bathroom by himself because he doesn't need us anymore. He's old enough to do that, but he needs to announce it and get permission in the middle of the night. Anyway. Uh, I do the same thing though. Th then I wake up for good a little bit later, get my kids stuff ready for school. Some days I drive them to school. Some days my wife does. And then when I get back, it is try it is the work of a working writer who is trying to get work writing. And so there's a lot of coming up with ideas, sketching out ideas, scheduling pitches, pitching projects, those projects not getting bought, me wondering why I even do this, entering a deep depression, then yeah. a storm cloud over my head. Then I come up with another idea. I say, this is my million dollar idea. I start working on that pitch. And also I'm working on a, I'm working on a book about joke writing uh, that will hopefully come out in what, 2024 at some point, maybe 2025. And, uh, you know, doing various uh, comic book things too as well. Elliot is putting his finger on the trouble that I have with defining uh, my work, which is that like, my work is so diffuse and hard to <laughs> describe in any way that doesn't make it sound just like sitting around and staring off into space, which a lot of it is. But and, that, and just, the time is spent thinking well, and, <laughs> and the, working the, on. 
the, the, uh, what I find is I, I, I am often working on anywhere from five to eight projects, but most of those projects are not paying projects yet. They're things that I hope to sell. Yeah, you're do doing it on with. spec. And so you enter, you enter, you enter this, uh, this realm where you're like, is this real or is it not real? Mm-hmm. Am I, is, yeah. am I like, how is this different from a, a madman in a castle somewhere? Just kind of <laughs> scrawling on the walls of the dungeon that he's been imprisoned right. in, you know, with his own and feces. Also, you start thinking like, why are my thoughts more important? Why do I feel like I need yes. to put them on paper yeah. and other people need to <laughs> respond to them in some way? Why am I so good? What? Who do I think I am? Uh, speaking of which, I spent most of the day, I just remembered the thing that I was doing today. <laughs> I don't know why I forgot. Uh, basically all the day today was working on the presentation for our live show uh, coming up in April uh, at the Bell House and um, right, both writing April 2nd at the Bell House? April, yes. April 2nd, Sunday, 7.30 p.m., April 2nd at the Bell House in New York. Go just go yes. to the Bell House's website, which I believe is what the bellhousenny.com for tickets. Oh, yes. wow. And I was, you know, both The one where we'll be it. talking about Battlefield Earth, one of our <laughs> okay. most requested movies to talk about. Uh, both writing it and, you know, putting together the images, which I've now gotten so, like, granular and, like, perfectionist about and, like, wanting to, like, really make these images that people are going to see essentially one time briefly in in a series of, of, of slides uh, really good because... Uh, I don't know. That's the the work that you you put into it. Because if you can't find the joy in it, then why are we doing it? I guess. Even though, even though many other uh, podcasts, and I'm not throwing shade on them. I'm just saying how it's dumb that that we do it, and uh, we hope you appreciate it. Many podcasts just get up on stage and talk, but we put in the work to this uh, this visual element that uh, can can be quite a a thing. So, Stuart, I'm glad you asked that question. It led to this descent into uh, into unhappiness and uh, <laughs> and complaining that we could have. Yeah, uh, where mm-hmm. we where we openly questioned the worth of our work, even as we are asking our audience to go to maximumfund.org/slash/join and throw money at at the work or not throw money. It is funny. Uh, yeah. What's also funny is that neither of my two friends asked me what I do in my day. So that's a really good question. Guys. Uh, I uh, I usually wake up. I, you were the I didn't host realize of the... when you said you were the host of the show, we were your guests. I didn't realize that that we were also co-hosting and and going to interview you. But what do you do during your well, day? Well, that's part too? of a, that's part of being an active listener, LA is uh, you know, making an effort I mean, to again, ask uh, the person you're talking to. Usually when, a guest on say Conan O'Brien's show doesn't say, "And Conan, what did you do?" Which yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they never say, what did you do to die today at a minute or two to two, Conan? (laughs) Yeah, they definitely don't stumble that way. But they also don't ask him how he spent his time. But But I mean, Stuart, the Conan O'Brien of this show, what did you do today? If you had the option, (laughs) if you had the chance, one chance, would you take it? Would you ask Conan O'Brien what he did that day? Yes, but I'm not like Paul Rudd there to. (laughs) Yeah, Paul Rudd's not like, so Conan, do you have any any projects you've got coming up? People's sexiest man alive, Paul Rudd. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, so I so wake what do you up do during your day? Yeah. I uh, I stretch <laughs> for about 30, 40 minutes. Uh, I drink my juices and my so coffee. Stretching. And then I go to the gym. I have a bad back, so I have to stretch it. Then I go to the gym for about an hour and a half, mainly weightlifting. I come home, make a breakfast, watch mm. some late night television. But in the morning, that's weird, right? I think that's how most people consume it. <laughs> that's why and you're then, the Batman villain backwards man. That's all you do is watch late night shows uh-huh. in the morning. 
Then after after doing that, I uh, hit the treadmill, take a shower, and then I spend my afternoon usually at one of the bars I own, uh, checking inventory, helping out, making sure everything's running smooth. And then that evening, who knows? World's my oyster. Maybe I'll go to the movies. Maybe I'll do a podcast with my friends. Who knows? Uh, so that's I mean, a day I mean, in the life the of podcast Stuart Wellington. The podcast recordings are usually scheduled, so you do know. Oh, yeah, that's true. Sometimes I know. Sometimes, <laughs> like today, I throw it together at the last minute. Okay, so that's a day in the life of the podcaster. That's great. Now, the Flophouse, guys. Mm. So the Flophouse, we watch and review <laughs> bad movies. Yeah, right? are you asking we've been doing it for, if that's the premise? <laughs> we've been doing it for about 15 years. If you had a show, now, I'm sure there's been times where you're like, Watch a bad movie and talk about it? Ugh, what a way to waste my life. Now, if there was another, uh, if there was another topic, I'm, I feel like we've answered this before on the show. Mm. Is there another topic that if you couldn't do a movie about, uh, a movie, if you couldn't do a podcast about movies, is there another topic you would like to do a podcast on? So all movies are out. All movies are out. I, yeah, I guess yeah, unless, you have, unless you have a, a twist on the movie premise that is untapped as of yet. Uh, n- no. Uh, could I do a deep dive? I mean, hold on. What you can do television? whatever you want. It's a fantasy world, is Dan. Television you can do anything fine? you want. <laughs> Television's fine. <laughs> yeah, I would do a deep no, dive. No, if you said if you, said you were going to do a movie podcast, I would climb through the computer like Sadako and kill you. <laughs> I would, I would do a deep dive into Jim Hansen's uh, lesser-known television projects. Mm, you know, okay. we're talking. I mean, not like super. They don't have to be super lesser-known. So, known, where, so but, where but does what we're talking like, what is, where does storyteller would be okay. like the peak is, of like known that would the be allowed? Okay. Is you Emmett know, Otter in there? Uh, I think Emmett Otter is too well known. But what what we would definitely get into is the Jim Hansen hour. Okay. Uh, which repackaged a lot of storyteller with uh, you know a new version of the Muppets, um, you know, working at a, a cable TV station. Uh, you know, maybe we talk about the terrible sketches he did for Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> so you take so so basically, you're taking one of the one of your heroes, one of your idols, whose work you you love deeply and means a lot to you, and you're like, let's troll through the stuff he did that wasn't as good. So I can well, make fun no, of it. Well, I mean, the Saturday Night yeah. Live stuff definitely See wasn't a God this good. Can bleed. I loved uh, <laughs> both halves of uh, Jim Hansen Hour. I thought that that was some of the most interesting stuff, and I felt like even though he was not sort of, um, you know, the Muppets were up and down in terms of uh, how much money they were making anyone, and that was maybe him like flailing a little bit that way. But uh, it was definitely some of his more creative stuff. I feel like uh, I wish he had lived longer so I could have seen where he he took it. That storyteller episode where the the soldier wins the card game with the devils and mm-hmm. gets and gets the ability to see death and puts death in a sack and ties him up yeah. in a tree. Like I think about that story. I think I saw it once when I was a kid, and I think about yeah. it frequently. You know, not yeah, a day. I love that I, you know, I bet not a month's <laughs> gone by that I haven't thought uh-huh. about that storyteller. Anyway, you had some questions, young man. <laughs> yes, uh, Kane. His, his last word, Rosebud, that no one was around to hear. What did it mean? 
Well, it's interesting you say no one was around to hear it because a character in the movie says, I heard him say it, but uh, other people say, well, I didn't see him in that shot, but I'm going to trust the movie on this one. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. That's one of those. Interesting. I, I, that's one of those. Uh, there's a Citizen Kane podcast that I was listening to recently where they're like, the character says he was in the room, but when you look at the shot, you don't see him in the room. And I'm like, come on, let's just let's just go with what the movie tells me. Like, they didn't I mean, want to go with that. Like, he's he's what's the Citizen Kane podcast called? Is it called Kane Cast? No, this one's called the Citizen Kane Minute. Although they each episode talks about five minutes. Oh, okay. Movie, not one. Because I feel like if you called it Kane Cast, people might assume it's based on the uh, collection of short stories by Gene Toomer. Oh, I thought if they said yeah, the, the book Kane, you're saying uh, the, oh. I, that's one of Stuart's surprise Gene Tumor references. Every now and then, Stuart Stinker. Every now and then, Stu will mention Kane by Gene Tumor, and it's the <laughs> reference I never expect from him, even though he's done it a couple times. <laughs> but I th- a lot of people, I think, would think a Kane cast is just a Kane you get when you're in a cast. That's true. Yeah. That or a cast sense. for your cane in case you break your cane. And you have to get a cast, yeah. and it's like, doctor, that cane's not going to heal. It's not yeah. organic. Yeah, it's a, it's a cane review podcast. Uh, that wood was living at one point, but no longer. It has been <laughs> carved and shellacked. Well, I made it a zombie first so that it'll heal, and then it's a zombie cane, zombie that wood. Makes and then I put a that cast makes on sense. It. One that more makes question. Sense. That makes sense. <laughs> What's the one more question? Uh, why am I Are asking you some sort you this? of a wizard? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that now, of course speaking is our of wizards, recurring character the, uh, of Fantasy Columbo. <laughs> I mean, Fantasy Columbo would a hundred percent be a wizard, right? I don't. I don't know that he's a wizard. I think he's, I he's like, a he's a frumpy yeah. guy who uh, who uh, who interviews wizards. Oh, Wormtongue uh, says you're uh, you're uh, you work for uh, Sauron, maybe or something. I don't remember Saruman, exactly. Saruman, technically, yeah. 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 Saruman. He, he, he could <laughs> no, probably I, be. I work for Saruman, who works for Sauron. Uh, we're big on hierarchy here in the. Uh, he could be like a hobbit the, or the something. The organization. He could be a what? hobbit or something. A wizard's too high status for Columbo. That's yeah, yeah, fair. He would yeah, Columbo be a hobbit, would be yeah. like, but that's the thing. Yeah, he's like a hobbit, and everybody drops their guard around him, and that's how he mm-hmm. gets them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, just uh, one last thing. Uh, are you going to sing a song when you throw my dishes around? Because <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Columbo doesn't like that. <laughs> I I, now, I I specifically unchecked that that <laughs> box on Grubhub. I don't I don't like that that box comes pre-checked when I, when I hire a bunch of adventurers that they throw my dishes around while singing a song. Box comes pre-checked and I have to opt yeah, yeah. out of it. That shouldn't you be fair. You gotta opt out. Yeah. 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 Well, it's 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 said very plainly on the website. You should just check it more clearly. Uh, um, but one more that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, you know, not everybody reads that agreement though, right? Like, they just gotta scroll down to the end and they write to click OK because. We won't have that much time on our hands. Yeah, yeah. If you expected people to read it, you wouldn't. You'd put it in Quenya, not Centaurin. I mean, come on. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, one of the things that Columbo is known for is having a collection of great guest stars, and so is the Flophouse podcast. You guys have had some really great guests on the show. <laughs> My question to you is: Do you have any dream guests to be on the podcast? Uh, I mean, I'll be honest, like, my dream guest was uh, having uh, Joel Hotchin on uh, because, you know, like, yeah. you can't like this father, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah without – and uh, it was just – it was so nice to have that finally happen. Uh, but let me think about uh, something else. I've vamped a long time. Maybe Elliot has something. I don't. Well, I do have something. While Dan's thinking about that, I just wanted to take a moment to remind everybody that the Max – 
fun pledge drive is, if you're listening to this episode a couple days in, happening right now. And if you're listening to it on the day of release, it is about to happen. But you can still go to MaximumFun.org slash join and make your monthly pledge. So I just want to ask you a question. Did you go to MaximumFun.org slash join yet and make your monthly pledge? You did? That's amazing. Thank you so much. We really couldn't do this podcast without your support. It's kept us going for years now, and as long as you keep pledging support to us, it'll keep us going until we're moldering in the grave. Nothing but a bunch of old corpses that used to have a podcast. Wait, hold on. You're shaking your head. You didn't go to MaximumFun.org slash join yet? Okay, Dan Stu, hold me back, boys. Hold me back. I'm about to give him a piece of my mind. Hold me back, guys. Okay, maybe, listener, you're just not aware of how important and amazing the Max Fund Drive is. The fact is, Max Fund members are the ones who pay our salaries. Yes, we get a little bit of sponsor advertising money. Sponsors, please also sponsor our show. But the vast majority of what supports us is pledge payments from audience members like you. Maybe you yourself, or maybe people you know, but audience members like you. Here's the thing. When you pledge your money to the Flophouse, that money goes right to the Flophouse. Maximum Fund skims a little off the top to pay for their overhead, but the vast majority of it goes right into our pockets and then through us into the pockets are of our producer, Alex, who I know you really want to pay. Please do not pay Alex directly. Please pay us, and then we will pay Alex uh, what we feel he is owed. This makes it possible for us to devote <laughs> time, energy, and creative imagination to this, the funniest podcast in the universe. You just heard that fantasy Columbo bit. You're, you were rolling around on the floor <laughs> laughing. Now – you can join Maximum Fun any time of the year, but this is the time of year when we really push it. And if you join now by going to MaximumFun.org slash join, we don't have to mention it again for the rest of the year. We'll free you from that. So will you please join us as a member? Will you go to MaximumFun.org slash join and become a part of this life quest that we call the Flophouse? And if you're already a member, will you please upgrade your membership and become an even bigger part of this life quest we call the Flophouse? You don't have to buy it for yourself. You can buy a gift membership for a friend. It's the perfect birthday, graduation, anniversary, or congrats on finishing your prison sentence gift. You can even give a gift to a would-be Max Fund member who feels like they want to join but don't have the financial ability to do that right now. You can gift anonymously to somebody so that they can enjoy this too. You can do all that at MaximumFun.org slash join. You may be asking, what do you get in return? Okay, first off, I'm a little insulted. You think it's not enough that you get this amazing show in your ears 52 weeks a year. Okay, but we give that out for free because we love you all so much. Uh, why should you pony up your money for it? You get other stuff. That's right. Pledge just $5 a month. $5. That's like one coffee a month, I guess. I don't drink coffee. And you get access to all of the Maximum Fun bonus content. It would content. be terrifying if you started drinking coffee, by if the I way. If I started drinking coffee, probably parts of my brain would explode and I would just turn into, uh, what's, what's his name? The cartoonist who draws like mice with their eyes popping out while they're drawing, driving oh, big, big jalopies. Big Daddy. Yeah, I'd be a Big Daddy Roth character. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, my tongue sticking yeah. out, eyes popping out. Anyway, so I shouldn't draw, uh, drink coffee. So- you get access for $5 a month to all the Maximum Fun bonus content. That's not just our bonus content, of which there is hours of hilarious jokes, exciting role-playing games, scintillating movie commentaries. You get the bonus content of all the Max Fun shows, and that's exclusively only available to Max Fun members. This year, we've got a bunch of new bonus content coming out. We have a multi-part Flop Tales role-playing adventure where Stu takes us through our dog <laughs> Alter Ego Adventure, uh, <laughs> featuring all your favorites, Scraps, Lucky, Dancer, Silverfur. We're all there. And we recorded a crossover episode with Men and Adam of the Greatest Gen talking about Airplane 2. That's right, everybody. We each took an hour and a half out of the precious limited time God gives us on this earth and used it to watch Airplane 2 so we could record some hilarious bonus content for you. Please, 
Please don't make me regret that in the future. Go to MaximumFun.org slash when I'm on my deathbed and I said I would have an hour and a half more if I hadn't watched Airplane <laughs> 2. That's how time works, right? So go to mm-hmm. MaximumFun.org slash join right now to pledge and get that bonus content. We also have some stretch goals that I'll tell you about briefly for the number of new and upgrading members we want to bring in. If we reach those goals, it will unlock more bonus stuff, mostly bonus content, but also other stuff. If we meet our first goal, we will record another piece of bonus content, an audio commentary for the movie Bratz. That's right, a Flophouse classic. Bratz will do a full new audio commentary for it. Uh, it's a movie selected by our fans, by poll. It's the movie you people asked us to talk about, and we will. That's our first goal. If we meet our second goal, which is even bigger, we promise to do an episode of the show on one of the top 10 money-losing flops of all time that we haven't already covered on the show, and we'll release the full video of that show on YouTube so you can see our beautiful faces uh, and the beautiful rest of us on YouTube <laughs> talking. And well. At that, well, not the whole rest of us. <laughs> okay. it, within reason. Uh, it's YouTube <laughs> standards. Uh, we'll also do another random member giveaway raffle if we reach that second goal. That's right. It's a raffle drawing where... 30 random Max Fun members chosen by hand will receive either a signed Maniac of New York comic book from me, some uh, swag from Stu. Stu, will that be Flophouse or Hinterlands swag? Hinterlands merch, baby. Or maybe, maybe a merch. little bit of both. From, from the best bar in Brooklyn. Or, and this is the exciting one, or an original sketch of a movie character chosen by you from the hand of Dan McCoy. That's right. 10 comics, 10 Hinterlands or Flophouse swag packages, 10 movie character drawings uh, going out to... 30 random members on this drive. And, and real quick, travel. Sonic the Hedgehog is technically a movie character, right? That's right. That's right. And so, oh, even Sonic though it doesn't appear pregnant in any of the movies, that oh, could boy. have happened. This right? is your it's... chance to finally get an original Dan McCoy drawing of pregnant Sonic. <laughs> I uh, guess there's nothing in the rule book that says. <laughs> makes you eligible for that raffle. And if you don't, if we don't reach that goal and you're not a Max Fun member, you don't get the chance to win a pregnant Sonic drawing from Dan McCoy. If Again, we get it doesn't third goal, have to be pregnant Sonic. <laughs> but it preferred not, but, you know, whatever. And we have one more stretch goal. If we meet that third stretch goal, fuck it. We'll do an audio commentary for Food Fight. Yeah, Food Fight. Who gives a shit? Let's do it. Wait a minute. Food Fight. <laughs> Wait yes, a minute. I yes, didn't agree with that. I'm saying it. I'm, I'm, I'm committing us. <laughs> if we get that third uh, goal. What? That's right. Food Fight. You don't know about this, but Food Fight, the animated movie where a dog detective has to save grocery store mascots like from I, Nazis. We will. It's guess the I movie gotta that check all, my fucking emails or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stu, you should have responded when I, it's you. It's automatically checked opt-in. That's the thing. You have to opt out of the Food Fight audio commentary oh. promise. <laughs> so, the movie that almost destroyed us 10 years ago. We'll do it. We'll watch that piece of trash again and record our in-the-moment responses to it <laughs> to make more bonus content for you. It's just that important for us. So go to MaximumFun.org slash join to join right now. Make me regret ever having promised that food fight thing. Make us have to do it. Yes. Uh, there's other stuff too that Maximum Fun gives out at $10 a month. Uh, you'll get, you can get an original restickable Flophouse sticker of Tom Brokaw in Arrakis armor with the slogan, <laughs> if it ain't Brokaw, Dune fix it at the bottom. So that's oh, so you can short, mystify everyone in your life. <laughs> yeah, stick it on your laptop. <laughs> Confuse the world. I know that's what I'm going to do. At $35 a month, uh, you get the Maximum Yum apron, which doesn't sound exciting, but I have this apron. It's amazing. It's, it's a, a nice apron. apron. It's, it's a nice so, apron. It's As so an well aficionado. <laughs> yeah. It's so it's so durable. It's so comfortable. It looks great. Every time I wear it, my kids are excited that I'm wearing this apron. So it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a fantastic apron. But you don't need to know about all that stuff because you already went to MaximumFun.org slash join when you heard about that amazing bonus content, didn't you? Didn't you? 
didn't you? You better be going to MaximumFun.org slash join right now. Do not make me come over there like Stu was going to do to Dan and come through the computer and force you to do it in person. Go to MaximumFun.org slash join right now. Stu, I'm sorry. I'm too heated up. Can you take over? This is, I'm just too mad about this. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Alex, add in a spooky uh, time distortion <laughs> sound effect here. Whoa. Oh, no. Everybody, guys, we've just become unstuck in time. The Flophouse exists in all times, everywhere, even times before the Flophouse normally existed. That's right, because the Flophouse normally reviews recently released bad movies. What Mm -hmm. if the Flophouse existed at different times? What movies would they cover? What I need you guys to do is decide which of these three movies from these different years would make perfect time, uh, perfect Flophouse movies. Oh no. This will be hard for me because as we know, my love of movies is old. Yep. Yeah. That, we've, we've, <laughs> yeah, I addressed that at the beginning of the fucking episode. Uh, whoa, no, we, we've landed in the year 1984. Oh. Our options are Cannonball Run 2, oh. Conan the Destroyer, or Rhinestone. Which of those three do you think would oh. make a good Flophouse movie? Um, Look, I, I know that <laughs> I love every every answer Dan gives always starts with a sigh and um a sigh and then look as if he, is, he is dreading the disappointment he's, he's going to drop. You know, on I, I've realized that the problem with a lot of my thinking, my negative thinking, is I start from a place of like, okay, let's eliminate the bad options <laughs> rather than <laughs> yeah. being like go to the positive. Uh, no, but I mean, I just like look, Stuart. I know that you're a, a big fantasy head. Conan, for me, feels uh, the least uh, fertile there. Uh, I was very excited at first when I heard Cannonball Run 2, a movie that uh, I remember being on television a lot when I was a kid, but I remember nothing about other now, than Dan, so do you the remember bloopers. If Jackie, do you remember if Jackie Chan is in it? Because I know that's a hard Jackie thing for Chan you to remember. Jackie Chan is in both Cannonball Run and Cannonball Run 2, I believe. Oh, okay. So your Jackie Chan blindness just does not apply to the Cannonball Runs franchise. I don't I don't remember Cannonball Run 2, but I just recently watched the first one. Uh-huh. And it's wild that he plays a he plays a Japanese character. Yes. And he didn't find out until like after they made the movie. Yeah. <laughs> that is that's uh, unfortunate that's, yeah, 80s that is. racism at its that's not bad. finest, because that would uh no, I, but I would I would go with Rhinestone, a movie that I Recall seeing is baffling and has so many points of entry for us, uh, whether they be a love of Dolly Parton or Elliot's fascination with Mr. Stallone. I am fascinated with him, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I th- there's it, Rhinestone is one of those movies that, I mean, I've never seen it, but it's one of those movies oh, that man. <laughs> it's such a go-to punchline that there are times when I'm like, is this, is it a real movie? Like it's is it a yeah. real thing? And it must be it's the, but it's like it's the flip side of Out of Africa, which in our mini about best picture winners, I was like, is this a real movie? This movie? Like yeah. or is it like so it's a, a yeah, you know, I let it I'm I'm just curious about it. So we might have to do rhinestone at some point. Steve. Yeah, you may especially just open like, a door you don't want to go through. Well, because we did we've we've done one of the other punchline movies. We did a episode on Ishtar. Yeah. And we're about to do a live show on April 2nd uh, about uh, Battlefield Earth. So, yeah, I feel like this uh, rhinestone is a natural one. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, we're not in 1984 anymore. We've just landed <laughs> in 1979. Oh, mm. no. Which of these three movies would make a good Flophouse movie? So this is like a five-year have- jump. It wasn't as big a jump as I thought we were going to make. <laughs> We have the nude bomb, uh-huh. Saturn three, or Xanadu. 
Okay, so one-year-old Dan uh, <laughs> is in the theater watching all of them. To, oh, so we're going at the age we were at the time? Yeah, yeah. So projecting my, forward. I was still swimming in my dad's ball sack. Uh, yeah, so I had not been they, Hopefully yet. he brought yeah. it to the movie That's theater. That's how it so, works. So, the, so, so, Stuart, so a one-year-old and Stuart and my dad scrotums are going to the movies together. <laughs> So here's and what again, I this is not technically a movie character, but maybe Dan will draw that for you if you if you enter the <laughs> raffle by becoming a Max Fun member. Now, as Pervisoid number one, uh, you'd think I would go for the nude bomb. However, yeah. however, I happen to know that that is a uh, get smart movie. Yeah. It is mm-hmm. not as salacious as it sounds. Um, yeah, you you didn't you looked it up and it's uh, you're like it doesn't say sexual situations. <laughs> I didn't look it up now, but I won't say that I never looked up. Ooh, what's this movie? The Newton. Um, Ironically, Pervisoid, you'd probably want to go to uh, Saturn Three because I think doesn't Farrah Fawcett appear briefly topless in that. Wow, uh, this is the first time you've out Mr. Skin me on one of these. Uh, <laughs> oh man! Issues. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, because um, uh, that's a movie I've cracks seen. In your but, armor. <laughs> but I only saw Saturn Three on Monster Vision on TNT, and so mm. I don't know if that's actually the case because they would have cut out all that. But I've seen Saturn Three. I yeah. I would not go with Saturn Three though because I feel like science fiction of that period that was not. Good science fiction is just slow science fiction. Yeah. Uh, so I would go for Xanadu, a movie that I kind of like, actually, but would have a lot of fun things to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Xanadu would probably be the most fun to talk about. And, uh, you know, it, and it's, it's. I mean, any movie based on my favorite Samuel Taylor Coleridge poem <laughs> is going to be exciting for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got roller skating, you got I mean, animation, technically that you got poem, Gene I think it's Kelly. called Kublacon, but still. It is, yeah. 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 Do you own all raw security three beef and dairy all day? Max Fun Drive. Hey, chef, we got another one. Another Max Fun Drive. People know it's the best time to support the shows they love. You tell them our meetup day is back? Sure did. They wanted to know about the live streams, though. Those are finishing up right now. We can even send one out on the first night, March 20th. March 20th, Chef! I'll give them a heads up. Uh, They also wanted the limited time thank you gifts for new and upgrading members. Yep, and we got some fresh episodes ready to go too. All right, we got exciting live streams, meetup day, fresh episodes, limited time gifts. Oh, and Boko. Yeah, um, okay, let them know that Max Fun Drive 2023 will be ready on um, March 20th, and it'll only be two weeks. Two weeks, Chef! Max Fun Drive starts on March 20th for just two weeks. No problem. Order up! Shoot, I forgot their water. And now, a live reading from Rachel's Poetry Corner. Elephants Theremin's Clifton, Neopets Poorstrips Jepson, Pine Smell Jellybeans Goalie Goals, Skittles Squirrels and the Mole, Celery Chopsticks Pumpernickel, A Case of You by Joni Mitchell, Lullabies Tie-Dye The More You Know, all of these things on our wonderful show. All of these things and more wait for you on Wonderful every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. Whoa, wait a minute. Oh, we're, we're, we're springing forward. We have landed in the year 1992. Whoa, the year Does- 1 BJP before <laughs> Jurassic Park. <laughs> Does the Flophouse review... Stop or my mom will shoot. Mm. Christopher Columbus colon the discovery uh-huh. or final analysis starring Richard Gere. 
Allie, why don't you take this one? Because I jumped in fast on the first one, too. I mean, I get, we've established I want to watch the movies that Sylvester Stallone made for some reason, where it's, it's not quite <laughs> uh, clear why he made it. So I'd have to do Stop from Mom Will Shoot. Another movie where, even as a kid, I was like, what is this movie? Like, what is going on? Uh, isn't, the, which, isn't the story around that one that, like, Arnold tricked Stallone into doing it? That is that the one? Because I knew there was some movie where Arnold made it seem like he was going to do a movie so that Stallone uh, uh, would steal it out from under him. I think yeah. that, I mean, that's the one that the story's about. I don't know whether it's apocryphal or not, but that's the one. I mean, Ar- uh, Schwarzenegger kind of half went on the record as as saying he yeah. did that, but. Uh, yeah, he, he did that on Emily Ratajkowski's podcast. He talked about it on the Emily Ratajkowski's podcast. <laughs> but, but, then at, but on the other hand, I just, I read a whole book recently about uh, the Marx Brothers' early years where they made it clear that almost every story the Marx Brothers told about their early years, even in their memoirs, was totally either misremembered or made up. So it's always possible <laughs> that it didn't happen. No, uh, they're such good stories. <laughs> they are great stories, Dan, that they're very, I mean, and the, the truth, but the thing is a lot of the true stories are just as good, but they, oh. did, but they I don't know why they told mixed up stories. Uh, so, the uh, Columbus, I feel like, is going to be pretty boring, probably, right? Probably. Yeah. And what was the third option? The one of final analysis? So is that a real movie, or did you make that up using, like, a magnetic <laughs> poetry kit or something? I did not make it up. It's an erotic thriller starring Richard Gere. Uh, and who else is in that one? Let's hit the old internet movie database. Is it Kim Basinger in that oh, one? You're right. I think it is you're Kim right. Basinger, yeah. Oh, and I Keith think David's I would... in it. I think I'd go with that one because, uh, you know, a bad 90s thriller, even when they're Eric Roberts bad, I is in get it. a kick out of them. I feel yeah. like, yeah, a, uh, 90s thrillers, especially 90s erotic thrillers, usually have some, uh, there's something good in there, usually. <laughs> oh, this is the same, the same, uh, this, this is the same director who made Heaven's Prisoners. Okay. Oh. Uh, mm. So, and, and also the American version of the 7-Up films. So this is an interesting what? career that uh, that this director Phil Jono has had. I didn't had, know so. there was an American version of the Seven Up film. Apparently wait, there is. So wait, Apparently the Seven is. Up films; those are the ones where they like they. It's a documentary or something about people seven years. Yeah, they follow. They start out as seven year olds, and then every yeah, seven years. and they years. follow them every seven years. And the series has outlived Michael Apted, who the director of the of the series at this point. Um, but yeah, this I guess they only did uh, they only did two installments. Okay, and for the American one, so <laughs> okay, so I guess then, you never know what happens yeah. to those random kids after the game age of fourteen. Canceled due to lack of interest at that point. Yeah. Uh, so, oh so, no! Wait a minute. We're oh no! Oh. The time vortex oh. continues, and we are landing in the future. The year is twenty twenty four, and we're watching big movies that were released in twenty twenty three. Is the Flophouse going to cover Tetris? Uh-huh. Transformers colon Rise of Beasts uh-huh. or Meg 2. They're not doing it. Are they doing another Transformers with Rise in the title? Is that real yeah. or did you make it up? Because I know Tetris is real. But No, these are all real. These are well, totally real. Is Tetris, Tetris the, it's the story of the, is it the story of the making of Tetris? Yes, and getting it out of Russia, I guess, where it was conceived. I I mean, like, that seems actually vaguely interesting to me. I mean, I could see a number of ways in which it's not done as well as it could be, but it 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 seems like it could be interesting. Like if, like if, if, the, like if the blocks are all woke or something? <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, 
The tone of it. When Stuart says something and then puts his hand over his mouth and and wheels back away from the microphone. That's another favorite story. That's right up there with with referencing Kane by Gene Toomer in in my favorite Stuart moves. Again, Stuart is playing an ironic heel (laughs) of an internet complainer. Um, I I like Tar. No, no, no. More that. More that. my this fear is, would be this more. This new character of Stu Tar Wellington. Stu Tar is very uh, is, is is kind of a sociopath, uh, but don't worry, the world is going to come crashing down around them. Yeah, it uh, it looks like a kind of a you know semi ironic uh, docudrama, and like I've liked stuff like in that vein before, like say The Informant, where it's kind of got this kind of loopy comedy to go along with this. Zany true life story, but I feel like if they get the tone wrong, it can be insufferable, and that's a hard tone to get. But it's okay, not, so te- it doesn't so strike Tetris me as a block off the table. Movie. Yeah, so we're talking. So it leaves us with two sequels. Yeah, Transformers: Rise of Beasts and Meg Two. Now, the interesting thing about Meg Two, it's directed by Ben Wheatley. <laughs> the what? The no, uh, Ben Wheatley, the director of A Field, a field in England, in England? Uh, oh, High oh, Rise, Kill List. Oh, it, okay. So this, so this could be either a very weird Meg movie, or it could be just uh, one of many, many examples of a director who comes up on smaller, yeah. interesting movies, and then and then gets being absorbed by absorbed into a big movie machine. But he's made yeah. so many weird movies that yes. I I feel like it'd be impossible to like iron out all the weird. Now, he's a director yeah. who with the exception of Kill List, I think all of his movies uh I like the idea more than the actual movie. Mm-hmm. Like there's always hmm. like I feel like all, like certainly a field in England I'm like I I can't do this anymore. Oh, see a it's field a field in England is right up my alley. That's that, where I am in my life right now. I was like this is exactly what I want out of this. Uh but and I like could, free but I fire I'm like free fire I'm like okay after 60 minutes I'm like okay we can tap out. This is enough. <laughs> I I think I get it. I tapped out like within 5 minutes on free fire. I did not I just did not seem like I was going to enjoy it. I didn't like kill this as much as everyone but I was like this is interesting. I, I'm very curious about A Field in England. Uh, I haven't seen that one. Of, I mean, I haven't seen Free Fire. I mean, of the movies I've seen, of his, A Field in England is the one I like the most. Mm. But I could see why Stuart would like Kill List more than A Field in England. Uh, uh, but, so I think, but then the other one is, trans, and Transformers, is that still? Um, uh, uh, yeah, who's doing this one? I, I, I don't Mikey, know. Mikey, is Mikey Bay returning? or is <laughs> He it, might uh, be, but I think he also has like a Netflix fucking deal on the way. Like another Netflix, like, uh, oh, didn't so, he do like Army of the Dead or whatever? I so, think he made. Yeah, Transformers Rise of the Beast is directed by Stephen Cappell Jr., who did, uh, let's see, uh, who did uh, Creed 2. Oh. And. Uh, well, mm-hmm. let, let's look at top Some build other things cast. That I'm not familiar with. <laughs> top top build cast. We have <laughs> we have Academy Award winner Michelle Yeoh. Uh huh. You okay. know, all time star, a goat. Okay. Uh, we got Ron Perlman playing Optimus Primal. Okay. <laughs> Peter Dinklage plays Scourge, the leader of the Terrorons. Yeah. And Pete Davidson as Pete Mirage. Davidson playing Mirage. <laughs> So does uh, that change your opinion? And John DiMaggio is doing the voice for a couple different robots. I mean, I honestly, oh, that's great. that cast plus having a new director. I mean, I you know I didn't see Creed two. People tend to like it the least out of the three Creeds, from what I can tell. Yeah, because it's uh, the least good. 
<laughs> I don't know. Like both of these movies, I'm like, I'm, I have no interest in. But what I'm learning about well, them, we're going to end up watching probably one or both of them. <laughs> one of my interests, I, I, I would say the Meg, just because I have much more Transformers fatigue than I have Meg fatigue. You know what? I'll, I'll kind of say the opposite because I have very fond memories of the Beast Wars cartoon. That yeah. came, it came out years ago, uh, and uh-huh. I, where I had, I had to get up early. I was probably too old to watch anyway. I think I was in high school, and I had to get up early to watch it because in my market it aired at like six thirty in the morning. But I would often get up and watch it before school, and I thought it was a a pretty good Transformers cartoon. The only thing, the problem being, of course, that they're all animals, so it's kind of goofy that <laughs> they're yeah. all different animals that transform. But uh, maybe, yeah, it would well, be way, it would make way more sense if they were transforming into cars, trucks, a gun that is the right size for another <laughs> robot to hold on to. <laughs> At least those are mechanical things, you know. But a boombox. None, none of it really sure. makes sense. But as long as as long as I could go on a ride where I am somehow protecting the all spark by just riding around, slamming into things, and at the end I become an honorary transformer or something, then I'm okay. And I managed to live. So Elliot has also year. been to Universal Studios. What a flex over here. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so I, I bet we'll, I bet we'll probably cover both of those movies. What do you guys think? Yeah, that's the bet I would, I would place. Yeah. Oh, okay, guys. So now we're back in the real world, the real time, twenty twenty three. Well, uh, and what, a what everybody wants to know is <laughs> how do we warn people uh, about the horrible dystopian future of next year when the only movies available are <laughs> Meg Two, that Transformers movie, and uh, what was the other one? and Tetris. <laughs> so we've we've talked about some slop. Let's talk about some fancy boy movies. Let's talk okay. about the Criterion Collection. What <laughs> movie do you think? What movie would you like to see added to the Criterion Collection? Hmm. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> I'll jump first while you guys think of it. Okay. Uh, obviously, I'm going to say Ricky O. The Story of Ricky. It's a perfect movie. Uh, it would look great. I would like a nice restoration. Uh, although, I don't know. I feel like the like bootleg version I first had that had even funnier subtitles would be the best version, but I don't think they would probably do that. They would probably get a new uh, subtitling. Yeah, they would uh, probably. Well, yeah, Ricky know. O. Often- Story of Ricky. Often Criterion is working with whatever the whatever print or or dubbing the studio has provided for them. So uh-huh. Ricky, maybe if the studio says you got to use this old this old bootleg <laughs> subtitling, then that might be what <laughs> yeah. they end up with. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would love I would love uh, I would love a nice little package there. And uh, obviously, if somebody's familiar with another company that has put out a very nice Blu-ray of Ricky O, let me know so I can buy it. I I wonder. I mean, I, I have a. Everyone knows I have a couple favorite movies: Taken Pelham One, Two, Three, Shadow of a Doubt, Miracle Morgan's Creek. But those movies are all readily available, and there are good DVDs of them. Uh, and I wonder the first movie that comes to mind. I'm not sure if it's the one that would come to mind if I had a lot more time to think about it. But the first movie that comes to mind might be Martin, the George Romero vampire movie, which oh, okay. I believe is out of print. I'm not sure, and I only ever saw it because I bought a used. VHS of it years ago and the VHS was very old and the the image was pretty blurry and the I would I would love to see a a you know a good looking version of that movie that movie has a scene in it that has always stuck with me the main character thinks he's a vampire he goes to a woman's house to to feed on her and she's having an affair and the guy she's with is like I'm getting out of here and I'm not going to tell anybody about what's happening because I don't need people to know I'm having an affair and it was the one of the I just thought like that's a scenario I've never seen before of a uh, what happens when you're having an affair and a vampire shows up? <laughs> but uh, but it's a, it's a it's a, un, a kind of lesser seen George Romero movie that I think is really good. Uh, you know, I have to just go back to I. 
I have to go back to one of my foundational obsessions and say that if they had like a really good set, if they somehow managed to swing all of the rights uh, for a Marx Brothers set and then, you know, did a bunch of, uh, all, you know, like gave it the real treatment of of giving background on all of the movies. Because there are great Marx Brothers sets out there. There's a, There's one from each of the major studios they were associated with, but... That would be pretty cool. And I also looked up, um, you know, there's a lot of Hitchcock films in Criterion, but they don't have, uh, I think, from what I saw, North by Northwest, which was, I think, the first one I saw and the one that really kicked off just loving uh, his suspense films. Now, the end. On, this, on the subject of, uh, <laughs> on the subject of physical media, uh, do you are there any like DVD or Blu-ray special features that you like the most? Are there specific ones? I mean, obviously, you look at me and you're like, I know what he loves. He loves all the featurettes in the extended versions of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. He and loves watch the shit out of that. I'm crazy. Animated for it. menus, <laughs> screens. animated yeah. menus. Are they interactive? Can they be interactive uh, menus? Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. Scene can selection? there be trailers for selection? other other movies that are coming? Is there some out sort this? of game? Maybe you can. Play Play with your remote, like what a trivia I game. What I, what I always love is when there's trailers and also a very elaborate animated intro to the main menu screen. Oh, that yeah. I can never skip past, even though I've seen it many times and don't need to watch it again. But you have that, to understand mm-hmm. the value of DVD as a format, as an entire format, <laughs> and all the offerings that this uh, studio has. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta know. You gotta know all that stuff. I do. Uh, I am like, I am a huge sucker for watching like an older DVD or like a VHS and getting to watch trailers for movies. I'm like, fuck, that movie came out. <laughs> like movies I'd completely forgotten about. It's like, it's such like a weird, weird, like, uh, uh, what, what, you know, where you, you bury shit and then you dig it up in 20 years. What's that called? The time capsule. Yeah, time capsule. Mm-hmm. Repression. <laughs> <laughs> or oppression, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, repression you know, capsule. Back when I thought I was going to, you know, like when I was growing up, I wanted to be a movie director. And like, Ooh, how really, did it feel letting, letting go of that dream? Uh, Fine. I mean, I went to film school and I was like, <laughs> oh, this has so many elements in it that I like and so many of them that aren't for me. So let me go to New York and uh, just focus on one of those elements that I liked rather than. Uh, you know, having to be the guy in charge. But anyway, but, uh, you know, when I was into that, like, I would listen to commentaries, and I would love listening to commentaries. And now these days, the idea of listening to a full audio commentary on a movie uh, uh, baffles Other me. than ours. Other than ours, which you should uh, <laughs> join Maximum Fun to hear. That's a, it's, a different, it's a different thing, what yeah, we're going to be doing. Thing. Yeah, it's super um, different. Yeah, it's very different. Yeah, 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 sure. Uh but back in the day, like I would listen to, I don't know, like P.T. Anderson talk about Boogie Nights yeah. for two like, and a half hours. I'll, I'll, like, I'll listen to the whole great. commentary for Eraser. Let's see what Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> has to say. Well, there's yeah. something that I didn't take as much advantage of as I wish I had. And this is something that you see on Twitter sometimes is especially movie production people or effects people talking about the behind the scenes featurettes on DVDs like Eraser where they're like, here's how we did this stunt or here's how Mm. we pulled off this shot and how influential that was for like our generation of people now working in the film industry because that's how they learned about how that stuff got made. And I feel like the- Yeah, like uh, pre-internet era. Yes. uh, Like- Knowledge dispersal, basically. Where if you were lucky, 
maybe the biggest movie in the world would do a TV special where they explained how they did their special effects. Or maybe if you had HBO, you'd get to watch like – I saw that the, – the featurette they did about the making of the Hudsucker Proxy probably 70 times when yeah. I was a kid before I ever saw the Hudsucker Proxy. But like – it was and very hard that, to what come was that special effects magazine like? Cinefex that Cinefex, had all the yeah. like, yeah. It was it was not easy to come by, and that those DVD extras were a really good way of introducing people to the methods of film production uh, at that were that were available at the time. And so those are really I, I wish I had dipped into those more, but that would be a cool thing to have for a lot of a lot of older stuff. You know, there's a lot of um, older films that use special effects in a way that is not immediately noticeable but are very much so like the matte painting process kind of different kinds yeah. of optical printing uh use of model work and things like that and it'd be really cool to have that for some older movies and you know and what like medium the, age movies too they so elliot <laughs> i made you both laugh with my recent quote-unquote discovery of youtube but um the, the other day like I like wanted to tell Audrey something and she's like, hold on, hold on. I got to go do, do something in the other room. I'll be right back. And I was like waiting for her to like talk. And, uh, and I was like, okay, well I'll just, you know, put on one of these YouTube videos. Uh, I've been hearing so much about, I've been hearing. And one, well, one of the ones that I put on was about the way they use special effects in various old movies. Like people, like they, they, they cut down the cuteness to the, the smallest amount. It was actually, okay, because they had people guessing, like, how did this happen? Like, what? Mm-hmm. how do you think they did this? And then they would have an explanation of it, and it would be stuff for stuff like Metropolis and... Oh, can uh, you the, send me the link to that if you still have it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really, but I, I like, started watching it, and then almost immediately, like, I'm like, shit, this is what I was going to do, just waste time while Audrey's in the other room, but she's going to want to see this. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> but a, it's really fascinating, the old stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's, uh, years ago I watched, there's a, on YouTube, there's an old movie about the making of the old HBO logo intro thing where yes. you fly over a city and then the giant HBO logo comes out of the sky, the da na 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 And I, watched, oh, I was yeah, like, yeah. I was fascinated by how much work went into this. There's so much model work. There's so much yeah. hand-drawn animation work for like the laser effects. Yeah. And the, it, like, it's just That's astounding. Awesome. At you know. the end, the, like when you're inside the letters, like you think it's all just like computer, but it's like, no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. No, because they did it in like 1982 or something like yeah. that. Yeah, uh, like it's all hand drawn stuff. It's amazing. Yeah, the closest thing to like a, a like a DVD extra that I watched lately was uh, after watching the the new Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio, uh, which was one of my oh, favorites yes. of the year. There's a really great little featurette on Netflix that you can watch. That's just like watching the movie and then watching that. You're like, holy fucking shit! Yeah. Like they did what? And then also, <laughs> I'm 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 lucky enough that I got to. I live in New York, and there's currently an exhibit at MoMA of those fucking little puppets, and it's amazing. It's such a. It's so worth it if you live in New York to go check out. These and I'm I'm hoping I wouldn't be surprised if it tours afterwards, uh, but it's so amazing to see this shit up close and in person. And they yeah. even have they even have one uh, one kind of diorama set up with a stop motion camera moving, so you can see how fucking slow this thing moves. Yeah, it's great. It's amazing. I watched that thing and I, I felt this combination of admiration for like the gorgeous work and like just like. Oh man, like what an accomplishment and like this feeling of utter stress of like why would you put yourself through this? <laughs> I love the movie, but why did you do this? <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's the that's the thing about stop motion animation, right? Is how how yeah. like labor intensive it is. Yeah. 
so yeah, Dan, did, uh, how'd that uh, how'd that movie sit with you? Did you like it? Was it sad? Oh, it was it was one of my favorites of the year. Actually, I I walked into it being like. Why do we need another Pinocchio? And came out of it being like, okay, fine, <laughs> fine, you did it. <laughs> you convinced <laughs> me really you need one it. more Pinocchio. Was, yeah, no more after this one. You got in. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's a lovely note for us to change uh, topics. Guys, <laughs> uh, if you, uh, our, our uh, listeners, are wondering, what is the best meal you've had in your life? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think our listeners are wondering that. <laughs> what? <laughs> are you, did you just start, are you, now are you reading the like questions to make someone fall in love with you or whatever? <laughs> like, what is, <laughs> is it working? <laughs> you tell me. Um, uh, okay, so I guess you guys don't want to answer that one. That's fine. Um, too personal, too personal. As sure. Tommy Wiseau yeah. once said at a panel discussion I attended, when someone asked him what a Tommy Wiseau breakfast is, he said, too personal. Next question. <laughs> okay, so we got one more question, everybody. Uh, okay. That is, the Flophouse started about 15 years ago. Uh, Sliding Doors is a movie that explores the concept if there was a key moment in your life and your life uh, went different. What do you think you guys would be doing if you had not become podcasters uh, doing the flop house. What would you be doing with yourself? I have thought about this before, like just the sheer, like the utter chance with which this podcast was started and the luck that it continued. Cause like, I know that we gripe about- It started about, with Dan saying, hey, do you want to do a podcast? And I'm <laughs> like, what's a podcast? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, like as much as we gripe about the time we spend on say- the upcoming Transformers movie versus spending it with our families. And as much as, uh, you know, sometimes the only part of the podcast that ever grates on me is the time spent watching the movie. Other, everything else is a, is a, is a, is a a beautiful thing and a joy forever. Well, you know, I'm going to, you know, mention one more, the times we, we get a little grumpier with one another because we, (laughs) we're, we're not only friends, but, uh, now business partners of many years. Oh yeah. Well that's that, that goes without saying. Yeah. Sure. Um, We hate each other now. (laughs) <laughs> we don't. <laughs> oh no! Um, but aside from those things, like I can't imagine how much less rich my life w- would have been if this hadn't, like, honestly, miraculously happened. Because, like, you know, maybe I would, you know, still be working in television, uh, but I'd be currently out of a TV writing job, and I wouldn't. I would still be friends with Elliot and Stewart, but probably not as close and uh, probably would have drifted further away as Elliot went uh, across the land uh, mm-hmm. to the other Golden Coast and... Uh, other Golden Coast? <laughs> the other coast, comma, which is golden. And, oh, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I wouldn't have had the chance to have something that really felt like our own thing in a world... Um, where even in my dream day job when I am employed on TV, I'm not writing the thing that I want to do. I am uh, hammering my thoughts into the, the form of someone else's head. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. me, me write words good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
But uh, me give job writing. I can't believe you're turning yes. this into a resume like I do uh, when I try and become a Warhammer pitchman. And I and I yeah. and, and I, I guess you know, I'm a, I guess my flaw is I'm too hard on myself. I'm too much of a perfectionist. And uh, yeah, uh, I take my job too seriously. No, no, <laughs> I, I don't think I said anything. Some people of say the I'm sort. too good at work. Uh, my big ass dick gets in the way of my legs sometimes. <laughs> I don't think that's what I was saying. I was saying that like even when you're at your best in one of those jobs, you're not getting to like be sort of the person who controls things. And, you know, you can't be someone who wants to write words down and share them without being a little bit of a control freak about that sort of thing and want to have your own uh, expression. So that's nice. In addition to all the people I've met uh, through this, uh, people who've been guests on the show, people who are just uh, uh, people that we met out on the road, listeners who were so kind to us. And uh, I, don't, I probably wouldn't be, Jesus, I wouldn't have my wife, like who I met at a Max Fun karaoke event. One, you know, like I, yeah. Now that's a fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she said that she listened to the show beforehand and was like, specifically about me, uh, she said, uh, not for me. <laughs> this guy seems grumpy and not for me. Too mm-hmm. sad, she thought. Uh, but I weaseled my way into her heart, apparently. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, I'm not her favorite podcaster. I was going to mention before, when we were talking about people to have on the show, I was like, I, I was thinking, like, should I say John Dickerson? I'm sort of jealous that... Uh, that they had the, him on Jordan Jesse Go, and that's Audrey's favorite podcaster. It goes John Dickerson, Hallie, Elliot, and then I'm somewhere down below. <laughs> but um, anyway, sorry, that was really rambly. But um, that's no, but Dan, there's a lot of beautiful sentiment in that. I'm sure that the listeners will be able to, to dig it out like <laughs> chunks of meat in a big old stew. And, I'm sure uh, Alex will be able to <laughs> chop it into something. <laughs> and speaking of big old stews, uh, Stu, this question leads so well into my final pledge break that I want to give you a chance to answer before I pick up. So uh, what would you be doing if you weren't doing well, the Well, obviously, long-time listeners of the podcast would assume that if I wasn't doing this podcast, I would be doing some other kind of grind-set influencer-style podcast <laughs> where I'm encouraging people to really <laughs> embrace the their, like, alpha personality. Mm. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like uh, one of the what? key so things we, about so this— So sh- this podcast really saved you from being a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Oh, man, I would have so much flair. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I feel like one of the things the show gave me is, uh, unlike you guys, I didn't have a creative uh, day job. So it really gave me a creative outlet, which has been really exciting. Um, And it, um, I mean, more than anything, it uh, exposed me to a whole wide world of people and uh, kind of allowed me to become a better person, (laughs) Uh, which is really great. And uh, that's that's been awesome. Don't listen to the old episodes of the show. I'm, you know, whatever. Um, uh, but yeah, so the show's been really cool and I don't know what I'd be doing. I mean, I, I feel like I'd probably, uh, be, I would certainly be less happy, uh, and well-rounded and adjusted. Uh, mm. yeah. So yeah, I need, uh, I'm really glad this show came into my life and that especially cause yeah, like I, I probably, I mean, I'm one of those I'm a middle-aged guy, and a lot of my relationships are built around shared interests and hobbies. And this show is, you know, it's obviously more than that, but it's 
Like, I feel like it would be hard to maintain relationships with both Dan and Elliot if I didn't have this regular thing that I'm doing. <laughs> and I'm really thankful for that. If no, you were I agree. forced it's, to put up with my shit. No, but as, as, you get, as you get older, it's harder to maintain friendships, especially with people who don't live super close to you or you don't have a reason to see regularly at work or something like that. So it's, yeah, it's, I, I totally understand that that's a, not necessarily a dig on us and how unfriendable we are, but. No, uh, it has that, nothing to do with that. No, but that, uh, it, no, I mean, that's true, but it's not what it's, what you're saying at the time. Yeah, that's the, not uh, what I'm saying. I'd say that in <laughs> private or to my yeah, therapist. Yeah. But uh, I also, similarly, everything you guys said goes for me in terms of how wonderful this has been as a way to maintain our friendship, especially Stu and you and me to grow our friendship because we were, didn't really know each other particularly well when we first started recording together. Mm -hmm. uh, to with meeting, meeting listeners, meeting people on the road, like Dan said, really reaching out. The most exciting thing to me about any creative endeavor, and I feel like podcasting is that times a thousand, is being able to reach out and connect to people who otherwise you never would have met you wouldn't have known they existed. They wouldn't have known you existed. Someone on another part of the country, another part of the world, another city who listens to you and hopefully responds emotionally and enjoys it and hopefully also responds in kind in terms of not, – not in the form of a podcast, but uh, in, in responds with a message or a note or an email or a tweet, something that is a way of saying like, I heard you and I want you to hear me too. And now we know each other exists. And that's really wonderful. It's, it, it, we've created another connection between human beings that wasn't there before. And that's very special to me. And like Dan was saying, having something that is us, that can be us, that we don't have to run anything by, you know, we don't have to hammer, like Dan was saying, our thoughts into a new shape to fit someone else's voice is really exciting and really wonderful. And so before we leave, I just want to say, I know I got a little mad at the end of the last Drake, and I shouldn't have. I apologize. That was on me. The thing is, most of all, I have really, you cooled really, off a little. Or are you you cool? No, I've, I've cooled off quite a bit. Yeah, I've got. I, okay, I, cool. I had a I had a cold soda pop, uh, mm. which has caused me to burp a little bit throughout the second half of the show, which is not great, yeah. but it did help cool down my internal temperature and my emotional temperature. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's what it does. Yeah, that's what it does. It's an off gas. Yeah. Uh, so each burp is me releasing tension in a way that lowers <laughs> my my emotional thermometer slightly. The thing is. I'm very, very thankful for you, the listener. I'm thankful for Dan. I'm thankful for Stuart for many reasons, partly for starting this podcast and partly for asking me to be a part of this podcast. But I'm really thankful to you, the listener, for listening to this show. I'm thankful that you write into us, that you reach out to us over social media, that you tell people about the show, that you force your family members sometimes to listen to it on long drives, and hopefully they like it, and sometimes they don't. I'm especially thankful that so many of you are already supporting us each month, and I hope even more of you join them. I'm going to be almost brutally honest right now. I'm going to say things that I said before uh, in a joking way, but I'm going to say them kind of in an honest, serious way now. This is not an easy time to be in the entertainment business. Uh, it feels like there's kind of three corporations that own all of TV and the movies, and they don't want to pay anybody any money because they are all tottering on the edge of extinction. It is a very uh, chilling time uh, to be a professional writer in many ways, from AI bots that are going to start taking our jobs probably to companies that are afraid of trying new things and just kind of reinvest in the same old IP to the fact that it's always been a hard job and it's only, it never gets easier, you know? So it makes me so excited that I have the flop house that Dan and Sue and I have this outlet that we be, can be creative with, that we have total control over. Like I said, we don't have to ask anyone's permission. We don't have to ask Max Fund's permission to do anything. They're a great network in part because they are 
completely hands-off and can't tell us what to do, <laughs> we can do whatever we want with it, and that we can connect to you the way I was talking about before without anyone getting in the way. There's nobody between us and you. Nobody. Me saying this right now is going straight from my brain to my mouth to your ears to your brain with nothing in between. And thankful that all that becomes something that we can pay our bills with, that we can support ourselves with to a certain extent. Uh, and that means so much to me. It's something I'm extremely thankful for. And it's possible entirely because of the Maximum Fund Network and your financial support of us and that network. So by going to MaximumFund.org slash join, pledging as little as $5 a month, that's $1.25 per episode, which is the price of a Marvel comic book in 1993. So that is a good deal for an episode of a <laughs> podcast, just in case you're wondering how that how that factors into Marvel comic books in 1993 pricing structure. $1.25 <laughs> yeah. is base minimum standard. By just, by paying that much you are yes dan were you gonna make well, a comment what about, about if you system? have like a special like uh you know uh, cover like one of those like a foil cover covers or foil 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 or, that's gonna cost yeah. you more that could get up to as much as 295 for an issue uh wow. and if you're buying one of the books like she hulk or wolverine that doesn't have big newsstand distribution that's a dollar 75 per issue if they have like variant covers Think of well, how much you're spending at that point. Yeah, because you're buying – you got to buy all those covers because how can you not? That's another picture that you didn't own and that you need mm -hmm. to own it now. So mm -hmm. just for that little amount, you are supporting artists whose work you enjoy in a very direct, very tangible way that is oftentimes very necessary. It's certainly necessary for us, and I hope that you feel like the Flophouse is a, is a special and necessary part of your life. By going to MaximumFun.org slash join and pledging to support us, you are directly contributing to every new episode – that appears in your feed. And by going to MaximumFun.org slash join, you get access to even more episodes because of all that bonus content I mentioned earlier in the show. Most importantly, as I'm saying, by going to MaximumFun.org slash join, you are making it possible for anyone to hear this silly nonsense. And we get emails all the time. This is the part where I'm going to tug the heartstrings. We get emails all the time. I, I, I don't, pretend you didn't hear that. I was just telling Dan and Stuart that. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. We get emails all the time from listeners who say, I was having a really hard time and listening to your podcast helped me smile when I really needed it. And that is the thing that means the most to me. It is a very humbling thing, and I find it a little frightening because it's a lot of power to have over another person's emotion when we're just three stupid idiots that are saying dumb stuff. But people write in and they say, thank you for just giving me something that made a hard time easier. And I totally understand that because the fact is I've had some pretty hard times recently too. Uh, I've talked about them a little bit on the show, and I've kind of hinted at them. There's nothing exciting to tell. There's no exciting story. Just – just rough emotional times. And doing this podcast with my best friends has really helped me smile when I needed it in my life. And us doing that is really only possible because of every one of the Maximum Fund members who supports us, because of any, everyone who listens to us, but doubly so those who support us. So I want to say thank you very much again. Even if you feel like you can't pledge this time, thank you for listening. Please consider it in the future, but please do it this time if you can. Thank you very sincerely from my heart to yours for keeping us going for keeping all of us going for kind of more ways than one. Uh, again, thank you to everyone who isn't a supporter yet, uh, but we'd especially thank you if you go to MaximumFun.org slash join right now to become a supporter or a member. I owe so much to you guys. Uh, I hope this dumb show goes a little way towards repaying that debt. And I know it's super cringy for me to keep making calls to action and telling you the URL rather than ending on my actual feelings, which are just this intense gratitude for your your ears and your and your dollar support. But please go to MaximumFund.org slash join, become a MaxFund member, or upgrade your monthly pledge. You'll never regret that you did it. You'll never regret growing there. I'll, stop, I'll never stop being grateful for it. So I want to say thank you very much for doing so. Please do so right now. MaximumFund.org slash join. Thank you, 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 thank you. 
Thank you. Each of those thank yous got more sincere as I went on. And thank you, Dan and Elliot, for joining me on this episode of the Peach Pit Requiem, Rise of the Peach Pit. Oh, yeah, I forgot uh, about that part. I also forgot about the <laughs> subtitle. <laughs> this has been a, uh, a production of the Flophouse Podcast. It's also a fan podcast of the Flophouse Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Check out other shows on MaximumFun.org. Thanks so much. I've been Stuart Wellington. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.